Welcome everyone to church this morning. It's, it's the last day of 2023. And I want to yeah, invite the e-kids to continue their, their uh, worship upstairs as they learn about having new life, new life with God forever. Uh, this morning I see some new faces and some old ones. I'm really thankful that we're able to come together as a family uh, of faith and be able to praise God together. Uh, today, it's, it's a little special. Uh, if you've been around long enough, uh, we, we want to occasionally take time and uh, be in reflection, be in meditation of God's Word. And so today we'll do that. Uh, this morning, we'll, 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 there'll be time of meditating on God's Word. And we will engage with God in prayer. And then during this time, we will also flow in and out of exhortation, prayer, and musical worship. Um, so that we together can reflect, truly reflect on the things that God has done in our lives. Well, first I want to briefly recount on what we've actually learned this past year. And um, so there's this slide uh, that I want to just introduce you to. Um, oops, where is it? Oh, can we go to the slide with the QR code, please? And um, so this is a slide that can lead you to our, uh, all our sermon recordings over the past years, uh, most of which are recorded and are uploaded. And so I encourage you, this is a great way for us to just recount and recall all the things that uh, were taught on the pulpit. Um, throughout the majority of this year, our focus has been on delving into the depths of Scripture and seeking to comprehend and internalize the profound truth, the profound truth that each of us is truly loved and fully known by God. This understanding of our precious identity, this understanding of how we are as beloved children of God should serve as a catalyst and a compelling reason for us to wholeheartedly follow Jesus and pursue him as our initiator, as our sustainer, as, in our, as our perfecter of our faith. In other words, Jesus, our Lord, is the one who begins, is the one who continues, and is the one who completes our journey of faith. Amen? Amen. And so he is Emmanuel as our church is, is called, the one who is with us all the way through. And family, it is, the, it is only by embracing this transformative identity in Christ, not out of duty, not out of shame, but embracing the transformative identity that we are in Christ and that we are truly loved and fully known by God that we can experience the abundant blessing of new life in him. Turning away from sin, that we can fully embody the essence of our church mission statement, which is this. Can we read this together? Follow Jesus, be truly loved, be fully known. And it is with hearts overflowing with the love we have received 
that we can, are able to pro- proclaim this as a slogan for our church, to invite others, invite more people to embark on this same journey of following Jesus, of discovering the depths of his love and embracing the joy of being known, being fully known by him. Now, parallel to this sermon series uh, throughout the year, we've also gone through a series called Prayer. Um, And we introduce prayer as an important spiritual discipline that is essential for each of our spiritual journeys. And prayer is also the pillar, the pillar of our church and the indicator of which we know how healthy we are as a church. And we spent some time expounding on this, how, how we saw prayer is not a place to be good. It is a place to be honest. How prayer is not a place to perform. It is a place to be present. How prayer is not a place to be right. It is a place to be known. And prayer is not a place to prove your worth. There is no need for that. It is a place to receive worth and offer ourselves, offer yourselves in truth. And then the second half of our year, we went through the Lord's Prayer. We studied through how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Shall we read this together? Jesus says, pray like this together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So this morning, I hope this is a good recap for us, just to remind us of the, the, the word of God that we've, we've gone through. Um, Obviously, later on, we then went through uh, the Philippians, uh, where we looked at how our lives in Christ uh, is truly uh, how we should look at our identity. So this morning, as we go back into memory lane and to pick out what God has taught us over this past year through his word, I I want us to meditate on two parables, continuing our study in in the Gospel of Luke uh, that we started uh, throughout Advent and Christmas. Just look at two parables from the Gospel of Luke to help us meditate on these things. The the first one is found in Luke chapter 6, starting from verse 43. Um, Let me read this for us. And this is a parable that Jesus gave after uh, or towards the end of the Sermon of the Mount. For no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Let's pray. Father God, this morning we once again are looking into your word, seeking after your wisdom. We pray that your spirit will come enlighten us because we're just so bound to be blinded by our own prides and the sins of our hearts. 
So I pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts, soften our hearts, help us to understand your word this morning. But more importantly, help us to understand your presence with us and what you are doing in each of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now in this parable, Jesus very simply boils down for us two types of trees that represent two types of people. A good tree that bears good fruit is like a good man who brings out good things that are stored up in his heart. Versus a bad tree that bears bad fruit is like an evil man who brings out evil things that are stored up in his heart. Now the word treasure, the word treasure being used here, the original Greek is thesaros, thesaros, which refers to a place where something is kept in safekeeping. Now this Greek word is also used in English um, for the word thesaurus. You guys know the word thesaurus? You guys still use a thesaurus? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, for the younger ones, it's not a dinosaur. (laughs) It's a book, but more so nowadays, probably a digital database uh, of a collection or a treasury of words. A thesaurus helps us to know what similar words or or synonyms uh, are uh, when we're trying to look for a certain word, the meaning of a certain word. When you search your treasure box, when you search your thesaurus in that heart of yours, what would you find it filled with? What would you find it filled within your thesaurus? For example, when we search the word good, this is from thesaurus.com, Words and phrases such as excellent, marvelous, upright, worthy would come up. You see, you will only find words that are associated with good. You'll only find words with similar meanings to good. But likewise, if our hearts were filled with the love of God and His commands for us, we will find that our actions and speech reflect his attributes and his goodwill too. But then the opposite is also true. If our hearts were to be filled with, say, not the love of God, but love of money, then our words will reflect our pursuit for more wealth. Perhaps we'll talk about how how can we buy more? How can we earn more? Or it can be filled with words of discontentment with what we have, like only if I had more. And our actions will lack generosity and we will act insecure. You will worship money for what it can provide you, but fear it for it might be taken away from you. And so this morning, the first question for us, I I want us to meditate on and to pray to God about is what has filled my heart this past year? What has filled my heart this past year? Has it been God's word and the promises to free us from all bondage? And if so, do you recall what those words were? Do they still ring true in your heart? Or has it been something else altogether? 
How can we tell? How can we tell what's been filling our hearts? Well, Jesus says this, just like a tree, we can tell by our fruits, by our fruits. In other words, what sort of results, what sort of words, what sort of products, what sort of relationships, what sort of rewards that represent or highlight the life that you've lived this past year? You know, I, I know each of you have your smartphones. I, I encourage you to take out notes or some sort of notepad in your phone just as you think about it. Don't filter out your thoughts. Just write down what comes to mind. And in your seats, just quietly ask God who, who hears you in secret to reveal what is hidden in your heart. And I invite the worship team to come and <clears throat> play some music for us as we ponder on this question. What has filled my heart this past year? Once again, it's in your prayer time. It's not a place to be good. It's a place to be honest with yourself and with God. This is for you to see. This is for God um, to be shared with. God already knows. But are you in tuned with what he's revealing to you? Do you want to be guided by him in knowing what has filled your heart this past year? For those of us who are still perhaps hesitant to do this exercise, you're just not used to it. You're not used to contemplating on things that are in your heart. Well, I invite you to just focus on the first thought that comes to mind. You know, we're so prone to filter our thoughts we're so used to just, ah, that's not a good thing, or I don't need to know more about this. Skip. But perhaps God is trying to speak to you through those thoughts, and you've been proactively avoiding that opportunity. Well, let this, let this invitation, let this time be a time where you would be attentive to where the Spirit's leading you. Perhaps He's showing to you something that is old, that's not new to you. 
but He wants you, you to pay attention to it. But more excitingly, it might be something brand new that you've never thought about it as important. And that is something, that is perhaps something that will spark transformation in your life that you never thought could happen. So as the worship team leads us into a new song, continue in your meditation. Continue to hear and listen to what God has to say to you this morning. Let me continue for us this passage in Luke. This passage in Luke 6, starting from verse 46 to 49. Jesus speaks of a second parable about a person's foundation. Listen to the word of God. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house that, and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Now here Jesus is still speaking about two different types of believers, two different types of followers of Jesus, those who are genuine in their faith and those who make a profession of faith in Christ that is not a true one. Now I just want to share briefly a, a recent encounter I had um, recently I heard someone describe to me their friend, okay? So someone, who's my friend, described to me their friend, whom I don't, have never met before. And the way they describe this person is that this person is a devout Christian, but with a very intense personality. And I got curious, and I asked, well, what do you mean by that intense personality? I was a little afraid that they were describing me. <laughs> was, am I that Christian with an per intense personality? Well, apparently not. And, and so they, they start to, to share snippets of their observations of this friend of theirs. But without dwelling into too much detail, uh, they essentially describe someone who is very smart, very, very smart, very well off financially because of how smart they are. And it's a very uh, self-made professional. But then whose words and actions reveal something that's quite concerning. It reveals a, a deep sense of discontentment that she has in her life. No matter how much she has or she owns, there seems to be just discontentment all through. 
Now, the reason why I'm sharing this is not so much to share about that friend or, or to gossip about other people, but it got me thinking because as they were sharing, they were, they were, their eyes were open and they were like enthusiastic about it. They were excited about describing this friend to me. And I could tell that they were just amused about the personality of this person. And as I kept listening, the list went on and on about this friend. And, I, and once I sensed the pause in their speech, I then asked, I thought you said this person was a devout Christian. So what attributes, what part of this person made you think that, you know, that she is a devout Christian? Well, all of a sudden, the list just went really short. And, and my friend simply shared with me, Oh, they said, she goes to church every Sunday without fail. Even on holidays when she's abroad, she finds a church and she goes. And then they went back to listing the other personalities. Now, I don't know this friend of theirs, and, I, and I'm not, again, not here to gauge or to comment on the genuineness of her faith. But however, it's just hard not to uh, notice that apart from her faithful attendance to church on Sundays, I couldn't hear anything else about her that really reflect a life that has found satisfaction from the saving grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how hard I try to listen to it, I just, I couldn't find that. And I felt a chill in my own back as I listened. Is this the way the world views Christians? Is this the way the world views me? You know, like where we just hypothetically affirm our faith in Christ, where we hypothetically affirm the existence of God and our submission to its Lordship. But then, you know, apart from some outward feature like going to church or checking some attendance, every other way, for all practical purposes, we live as we don't know God, as if there was no God, and as if this God, even if He were to exist, makes no difference in my life. Is that the way Christians live? Is that the way we live. Now, Jesus describes these hypothetical God worshipers as those who build their houses on sand. When a flood comes, no matter how much we have built on top, perhaps we've built a very nice mansion that is tall, that is wide, that is solid. But because of the foundation it does not have, it immediately falls when the flood comes. Now, I hope this morning, by meditating on these parables, on these words, that we're not fooled by the world's standards of what a devout follower of Jesus looks like. Jesus tells us that it is not about how much or how tall or how beautiful we're building on top, but it is about on what foundation we are building it on. The foundation of a house is hidden. It's hidden underground. And oftentimes, nobody sees that. Oftentimes, nobody prays you for it. Great, you have a great foundation. 
Nobody says that. But when the storms of life come, and for some of us, it is here right now, or you've experienced it in this past year, when your loved ones are swept away, when material wealth is blown off, when your reputation and whatever it is that you're building your identity on vanishes, the truth of your faith shall be revealed. Were you trusting God and his words all along? Or were you trusting in yourself or what you think you can do? Now, this is the time where you finish the sermon. Where you finish the sermon yourself by searching your hearts, by searching your soul to answer the second question. What have I built my life on? What have I built my life on? Not what you're building your life with or how tall you or how large or how beautiful you're building your life, but what are you building your life on? Is your life built on genuine obedience to God's word or is it built on something else? Now, many of us this morning are professing Christians. And so we may be biased and tempted to just say, of course, of course I'm building on the foundation of Christ. PJ, referring to myself, <laughs> I've heard this sermon based on this passage more times than you've given sermons in your life. Well, that's okay. That's, that's okay. You don't need to listen to my words this morning. Listen to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you directly to your heart this morning. Again, if you're not sure of the foundation you are building on, go back and examine your fruits in your life. Do people associate you with showing love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Or are you constantly coming across as creating tension with others? Are you overwhelmingly defined by others based on your worldly successes and status? Or are you known for your obedience to God's command, even if it meant being humiliated, being laughed at for your faith? spent some time in your heart, ask this question to yourself and to God who listens. What have I built my life on? As we continue to meditate on these questions, what has filled our hearts and what have I built my life on? Some of us may be tempted to just go to an answer and just say, yeah, this is it. This is what have been filling in my life and what I've been building my life on. <clears throat> but for some of us, it may be confusing 
to even think about these things. None of the thoughts that come up seems to be a, a concrete answer to these questions. But you know what? That's okay. Because it is not up to us. It is not up to you to come up with an answer in your heart. What we want to do is to live a life in Christ, which means it is the Christ who lives in us who will give us the answer. So are you open? Have you opened your heart to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to allow Him to give you that answer this morning? want us to spend the next 10 minutes um, to turn to a person, one, a person who is close to you. It could be your spouse. It could be your, the friend who brought you uh, here today. It could be one of your small group members. Um, it could be someone you have never spoken to uh, in the past. But what I want to invite you to do uh, after turning to one other person next to you is, is to share um, with that person what comes to mind when you think about one thing that you are open for God to transform about you this coming year? What is one thing that you are open for God to transform about you this year? Now, notice it's not what you want to change. It's not, what, it's not how you want to change this year, although it could be aligned. It's one thing that you're open for God to change you. Because that change may come in a way that you, unex that you do not expect. The change may come in, in the time that you do not expect. So I, I just want you to share what you're open to be changed by God this year. Or if you really can't think about it, then you think about and you share one thing that you would like God to reveal to you this year. Perhaps it's that one thing that you want to be open to change this year. What, what, what's one thing that comes to mind that you would like God to reveal to you this year? So go ahead, turn to one person beside you or across the room. Find one person to just share that one thing with.
I'll just uh, give us one more minute, just one more minute to share that one thing with the person next to you. I hope you had the chance to, to share that one thing with uh, uh, someone who you can trust and someone perhaps could keep you accountable this coming new year. I want us to, us to just bow our heads now and, 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 and in your silence, just pray for the person next to you. Just, just pray for the person next to you of the, of the thing that he, he or she had just shared with you. And then I'll end us with, with a prayer together. Father God, this morning we want to present ourselves to you as living sacrifice. We want to come before you and just acknowledge that we are limited. <laughs> we, we need your saving grace. And so we come before you acknowledging that and wanting and yearning and desiring for your transformation in our hearts. God, thank you for revealing those thoughts into our minds. And help us by sharing it with you and with one other person in this church. Help us to be accountable to the things that we are praying for this, this morning. Help us to be reminded often of your grace. Be reminded often of your hope. And be reminded often of our response to your grace and hope. I thank you. I, I pray that, Lord, you will bless us and rejuvenate our hearts as we approach you with sincerity and honesty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.